Okay, this is a little impromptu podcast. It's about, I guess, two things that just kind of came to mind for me that uh, since I just had this idea, I'm not totally sure how they relate, but uh, I'm sure it'll all come together as I talk. So first I wanted to talk about just how how fandom can really turn negative, how I really think it's a good idea to take breaks from your hobbies. So in this case, video games. I mean, obviously I wrote the whole book about The Last of Us, you know, I'm way into video games. A huge part of my life, just a very foundational part of my whole experience here on Earth. However, before I wrote that Last of Us book, I had actually kind of fallen out with video games. I hadn't played very much since I moved to Vancouver in 2004, and I didn't really get big time back into video games until I moved in with my friend Craig in like 2011? Maybe late 2010? But yeah, then I just played video games for years and years and years while I lived with him and put all of that experience and my young experience with video games into that book. But after the book, I kind of fell out again. Nowadays, I just don't play that many video games. And I think that's not a bad thing because in those cases, I, I hit a point where things weren't fun anymore. Like the first time I bailed out on video games, I had a PlayStation 2 and I had Grand Theft Auto fucking 3 and I loved it. That's why I bought it, you know. But I also bought a GameCube and I just remember the GameCube in particular was a very big sign that I was just getting f just, I don't know, bored, burned out, tired of video games. You know, I had Mario Sunshine and I'm just like, uh, I don't know. I mean, Mario Sunshine's such a great game, but I really like the fluidity and the fastness of Mario games. And in that one, it's like, okay, you gotta stop and spray water on a bunch of gunk, and then you gotta jetpack around real slowly. Like, I feel like the water gimmick in Sunshine would be a great one-level gimmick. You know, like how Galaxy had all those one-world gimmicks. Or like a bonus stage or something. For the full game, not good enough. And uh, Wind Waker, again, a classic game. Certainly not a bad game. If anything, it's remembered even more fondly now than it was at the time. At the time, you know, people thought it was like too cartoony or whatever. But I just thought it was too plain, too boring. Or like I said with, uh, you know, I was never a big fan of Ocarina of Time either. It's when I realized, like, I just don't really like 3D Zelda. And it's like when you're, when you're not into Mario and you're not into Zelda, it's like... What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> you know, I'm a video game guy. This doesn't make sense. This is very weird. So I moved to Vancouver and I, it's not like I decided to stop playing video games. I just got a job at a coffee shop and I had no money. And uh, I sort of started living a very frugal life where I, I eventually did get a little TV, but I didn't have any video games and I didn't have the internet and I didn't have a proper computer. I didn't have shit. And then once I was off the wagon, I just kind of, stayed off for a few years. And that's happening again this time because I hit a similar point where I was just finding fault in everything. Like even on this podcast feed where I, for years I had this idea of reviewing games hour by hour. I would always think of the old EGM system where they had four different people review a game. And I loved that. To me, that was my favorite system because you'd have the, the outlier, the, the guy like Robert Ashley who gave fucking bully a 10 out of 10 <laughs> which is like weird because i love bully i love it but it's not a 10 out of 10 
but I just thought that was still like great because it gives you a better sense of that game of like one guy of the review team to him it is a 10 out of 10 and in that sense I like that feels accurate Bully's not a 10 out of 10 but it's a very idiosyncratic unique and awesome game that to some people is a 10 out of 10 like I love that but that was getting toward the end of them even using that system you know back in the day you could have four people review a game because games are shorter Nowadays, no one's got time for that. So I thought, what would be a neat method now? And that's where I had that idea of what if I reviewed it hour by hour? What if every hour I checked in of just how things are going? And maybe if I had uh, reeled it in more, if every hour I wrote one sentence or something, like, you know, some way to really keep it from getting too rambling, maybe that idea would still work. But the way I was doing it on this podcast feed, you know, I did what, Streets of Rage 4... Far Cry 5, Yakuza Kawami. But in all those cases, I guess the Yakuza one was a mildly entertaining review, but really it's, it was the same thing over and over of like, let's just, how long till I hate this? How long until I wind down into just complaints? Which is not what I expected and not what I wanted that to be. So I don't know if I'm gonna do any more of those. I feel like maybe that was the experiment. I tried it out, didn't really, go the way I wanted it to go, because I don't want to just complain about video games. I want to talk about what I think is cool about video games. You know, I wrote a whole book about The Last of Us 1. I did one half-hearted podcast about Last of Us 2. I don't want to talk about it. I don't like it. I don't, I don't want to talk about things I don't like. I just want to talk about things I do like. So I think it's not coincidental that I don't really play a lot of video games right now because I am just kind of at that point where I'm just finding fault with everything. It's like, uh, this is just, here's why I don't like this. Here's why I don't like that. Which can be useful in a sense of like, it's neat to think of like, if I ever get a chance to make a video game, what would I do? What lessons can I learn from this, that, and this? However, I am not making a video game. I am not in that, that position, you know? There's limited value to just finding fault with everything, and maybe it's just the natural rhythms of life. Maybe it's just the way things go. Maybe it's just good to take a break, you know? And when the time comes that video games come back into my life, you know, they're always around. I'm always watching YouTube videos or listening to podcasts or, you know, keeping up on what's going on. But it might be years before I really settle down and play a shit ton of video games again, and that's for the best. And I've noticed that with different things in my life, like, uh, I mean, Magic the Gathering, that was a long break. That was a 20-year break. And then when I came back, it didn't necessarily go so well. I played the online version, Magic Arena, for like a year until I got tired of tearing my own hair out with how fucking frustrated it made me, and I deleted my account. So that part was awkward, but Magic in general, again, I still watch the YouTube videos and listen to fucking podcasts, and it's just fun to look at the new cards when they're spoiled, the new set comes out. So it was a rocky journey, but I got Magic back into my life. But it's fine that I took all that time off, you know? Fuck it. It was just the circumstances of life. And now that it's back, I had to learn, I guess, how I want Magic to be in my life. And, uh... Playing it online is not how I want it to be in my life. <laughs> I want it to be in my life as fun YouTube videos and interesting podcasts, and uh, hopefully someday I can just play it in person with people again. I'm primed and ready for that to happen. Uh, wrestling. Pro wrestling. I watched wrestling for, you know, from the year 2000 to, again, 2004 till I moved. 
and wrestling was getting really, really bad. So I fell out. Same time I fell out with video games, didn't have fucking cable or anything. The internet at that time, it was hard to keep up with, with wrestling. And once it was gone, it's like, well, it's fine. Let's just let it go. And it wasn't that good. It was all WWE fucking nonsense. It was a very bad period of wrestling that I missed. But then I got back in 10 years later and the timing worked out so well because I was here for the, the rise of AEW wrestling, which has been amazing and awesome. And it's like, fuck yeah, wrestling's back. But if AEW had not shown up, I probably would have dipped out again because I was hitting that point where it's like, I hate WWE. It's so bad. It's so bad week after week. And I'm just so tired of wishing it would be better. And then a better alternative came along. But if it didn't, I think I would have just dipped. And that's better because you, you see people all the time who, in all of those examples, in video games, in magic, in wrestling, anime. I loved anime in the 90s. I fell out forever just because I had a hard time finding anime that I liked. And then I learned about, like, Iyashike, which is these weird slice-of-life anime that I fucking love. So I'm back in. But I'm glad I took the break. Because when you see people online, especially, I guess I used to meet them more in real life when I worked at a comic shop. And nowadays I just bump into them online. But people who have decided on a hobby and they just, they cling on so tenaciously. Cling tenaciously to my buttocks. They won't let go. And they've hit that point where they're just complaining. They're not having fun anymore. They're only finding fault in things. And they won't stop. Like with wrestling, I just, uh, you know, you should never engage with comments online. It's a bad idea, but AEW, if you don't follow pro wrestling, it's this new wrestling company that is doing so fucking well. So well. It's just kicking WWE's ass. It's so much better. It's so great. It's so exciting. It's on a major network. It's financed by a fucking son of a billionaire it really can go head to head with wwe and it's way way better on every fucking level but you see these youtube comments of like yeah aw is not that good eh, whatever and I, I finally i had to just like talk to one of these guys and just be like what are you talking about like it has been 20 years literal 20 years that wwe had no legitimate competition now it does and they're killing the game. They're doing so well. If this isn't good enough, nothing, nothing will ever be good enough. There is no other alternative coming. This is the alternative. It's going to be another 20 years easily before anything like this happens again. If you don't like this, if this isn't good enough for you, you don't like pro wrestling. You don't like it. <laughs> and the best this guy could give me is like, uh, I don't know, I mean, if you look at the booking patterns of New Japan Pro Wrestling or some of the classic Ring of Honor, AEW's not that good. Fuck you, AEW's not that good. Fuck you. What a fucking moron. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you don't like wrestling. Get out of here. Get out of here. Go do a different hobby. You have had too much wrestling. If this isn't good enough, nothing will be good enough. You will never be happy. You were not court-ordered to have to be a wrestling fan and to just complain about it every fucking day of your life. You don't have to. You can stop. You can go do something else. And that's like what I would say to myself about video games, you know? It's just like, ah, eh, no, this isn't that good and that's not that good. I'm complaining about this. I'm complaining about that. That's why I just was like, step back, bro. Step back. Stop it. Because you're one of those guys right now. You're being one of those guys. And yeah, it's like, it's just tiresome, it's pointless. It's like, 
I can still be a video game fan. I can still be a video game person without actively engaging with video games day to day if they're just not making me happy anymore. So that's part one, I guess. That's just part one is whatever you're a fan of, it's probably a good idea to just take breaks sometimes in general. But in particular, if you find you're at this point where I always hit this point with everything where eventually I'm only seeing the problems, I'm only seeing the faults, nothing is quite good enough, nothing is exciting me anymore, just stop it, dude. There's enough things to do in the world. There's enough hobbies. Just go have a different one. So, part two. If I'm not playing video games all the time, what am I doing? And the answer is walking through the woods. <laughs> There's these woods in my hometown, still trapped here because of COVID, you know, this is a pretty rural area in Eastern Canada. There's just not a lot of population. COVID's not that bad. You know, I'd like to go travel and go somewhere else, but you know, anywhere else I go is uh, just a worse situation than this. If I travel, I want to jump on transit and go to coffee shops and hang out in public places. I don't want to just get an Airbnb in some other city and never leave it. I can just do that here. So I'm, st I'm stuck here. But what's good about here is nature and woods. So this is this big like wood lot owned by the university. And it's surrounded by highways on each side. So there's not really a lot of animals. You know, there's like some porcupines and stuff. There are a lot of bears in this province, but the bears don't really make it into here because uh, they have to cross the highway. There are some deer sometimes, but you know, it's not really too dangerous. You can just tromp through these woods and they're huge. Like you really quickly can get lost and you can't see traffic, you can't hear traffic. You forget that you're in a, a sort of cultivated area. It just feels like you're in the woods. So I come out here and I tromp around. And you know, it's just fun in a general sense. I'm still usually listening to podcasts or something, you know, I'm still getting my little pop culture fix and stuff while I fucking walk through the woods, getting the best of both worlds. But it's weird. Nature is weird because it's, uh, it's fun, but it's boring at the same time. You know, like we're just so rattled in our modern age that I'm so used to just being online all the time and having video games around or just having YouTube or having TV shows and everything is, uh, exciting and excitable and oh let's go even just go to the gas station and get a coffee and a bunch of cookies and shit everything is just blah. so as good as nature feels as nice as it feels to go on a big hike through the woods it is also a little hard to defuse yourself and to to get into this you know because <laughs> because uh, it's kind of boring at the same time you know it's that weird catch-22 of like it's obviously the kind of more healthy thing to do and i do like it but it's never going to be exciting like uh the slot machine world that we fucking live in. But why I decided to do this podcast is uh, I just had something happen today that I didn't expect that, uh, you know, it's one of these things I don't have any obviously deep thoughts about it because it just happened and I haven't done any scientific research or any of this shit. But this is so interesting because I just ran into this case where being here out in the woods feels... This thing that just happened felt so much like a video game. Like the little sense of progression and accomplishment that I get playing a video game. I just felt it in real life. And I just thought I'd sort of chronicle it. Because it's just, I think, interesting how you can just do little things, I guess, to kind of gamify the world to whatever it is that obsessed us with video games in our young life and just stuck with us forever. You can kind of get this thing in the world. 
So out here in these woods, there's different paths and stuff. And sometimes I follow the path. Sometimes I just walk through the woods at random and just see what happens. Because even if you get lost eventually, if you just walk in a more or less straight line, you know, you'll hit a highway eventually. You can only get so lost. Although Jesus, the other day, I literally thought I was walking in a straight line and I horseshoed. I somehow horseshoed right around and came exactly back to where I entered the woods. Except, you know, fucking a little ways further down. And it's just like, whoa, whoa. I thought I was walking straight that whole time. Like, that's how people get lost in the woods and die. I guess that's why you're supposed to either follow the sun or uh, if you can find water, you know, follow the flow of water because uh, water's got to lead somewhere. You know, at least you'll keep following the water and you can't walk in a circle because you can really walk in a circle easy, which I guess relates to this too. So... There's also these ribbons tied to the trees, and I never knew what they were for. They're just kind of all around randomly, and I thought, I don't know, maybe it's some kind of geological survey stuff. Again, this is all owned by the university. I kind of see them here and there, but I didn't realize what they were for until just today because it snowed last week. A bunch of snow hit. Brand new snow. So everything looks different. Instead of the green and brown of the woods in the summer and the spring and the fall, especially the fall, lots of brown with all the leaves falling and stuff, now everything was just black and white, <laughs> which even, like, I'm just so terminally rattled by video games that this makes me think of The Last of Us, of that winter level in The Last of Us, or the start of Last of Us 2 when you're at Jackson in the snow and it's just like, God damn, that game. Wish I liked it better because it's so beautiful. It's <laughs> so beautiful. But yeah, just walking through the snow thinking about video games like a fucking div. And I walked by one of these pink ribbons and I happened to glance over and I just for a second I saw another pink ribbon behind that first pink ribbon but then it disappeared from view. So I stopped and I went back and I peered through the woods and I'm like oh shit. So this ribbon lines up with that ribbon and that's as far as I could see through the, just the denseness of the trees. I couldn't see any further. And I'm like, well, obviously that's a pattern. Obviously that's establishing a pattern. And that right away felt like a video game thing of like, if I saw that in a video game, you're goddamn right I'm going to follow because that's got to mean something. That's got to go somewhere. Luckily, I got some real good winter boots so I can tromp through pretty much whatever because it's also really swampy and marshy around here and you can accidentally break through some thin ice or just tromp on a marshy wet spot without realizing but I'm pretty safe. I can tromp through almost anything with these boots. So, uh, so I'm tromping through and just going from one pink ribbon to the next pink ribbon. And that just fired up the video game part of my brain so clearly. Because they really, they're quite far apart. Where just the, by the nature of whoever set this up, just how it's set up. You can't really see more than one ribbon ahead. You can't see the further ribbon down further because there's just the trees are too dense. So you get to the ribbon and you got to look around and maybe strafe a little left to right until things line up just right like some weird fucking Uncharted 3 puzzle. And it's like, oh, there it is. And whoever set this up is weird because uh, I had to actually just tromp through a fucking stream and kind of go... Like, it really, it's kind of a difficult route. It's definitely, like, clearly it's just like, hey, if you want to cut through the woods, follow these ribbons, and it'll get you to, there's like a, a little development of some new houses. 
somewhere over there. <laughs> but it really is a straight line. They did not set this up in a easy to traverse way. The fact that it's kind of icy and frozen over is probably making it easier. But yeah, go to the one ribbon and see the next ribbon. And then from there to the next one and trying to navigate over this terrain and get to the next ribbon. And then, then I'd be stuck because I'm like, where's the next ribbon? I don't see it. And I have to look around a little and it's like finally like, oh, there it is. I wonder if this would be tough to do if it wasn't winter. I'm going to try it though in the spring. <laughs> but yeah, this is like easy mode now that it's, everything's just white. You can really see these ribbons. But then what made it feel even more video game like is after I got deep enough in, 10 ribbons in or whatever, the next one was really far. So far that I could not see it from the ribbon I was at. And I had to just venture forward. And you feel that same way as like when you're learning a new technique in a video game. Like when you're kind of at a, a harder spot, you've got to level up. You got to get past the plateau you're at and up your fucking skills to get through to the next thing. That's how it felt. It's like, I got to creep forward a bit. I got to move forward and be like, oh, where's the next ribbon? Where's the next ribbon? But as I got further and further from the old ribbon, it's like, what if I get too far that I lose track of that ribbon? What if this whole thing falls apart right now and I'm just stuck being a, an idiot stumbling randomly through the woods again in some strange, bizarre pattern, you know, like... It's only these ribbons that are keeping me on this fucking, on the route, on the path. But then I got a little further and I saw it. I'm like, there it is, ah, between those trees. Oh, fuck yeah. And now at this point, who knows how many ribbons in I am. For some reason, this ribbon is orange. And that's where, again, my video game thinking is like, all the other ones are pink. Maybe they just ran out of pink fucking ribbons to tie to trees. But what if, what if orange is like a different route? What if... I'm sure it isn't, but that's, you know, where my video game thinking is. It's like, is this like a weird uh, crossroads? From here, could there be like a pink ribbon to go one way and an orange ribbon to go the other way? But I don't believe that's the case, but, <laughs> but it would be kind of cool. And I must be coming toward the end, I'm pretty sure. This part, though, at this orange ribbon, I don't see the pink one. I can see the pink one behind me, way back behind me between some trees. I don't see ahead of me where I'm going, but I'm, I'm starting to see, I think I can see a clearing up ahead. I'm pretty sure at this point, even if I fail, if I just move in that direction, it should be fine. But it's got something firing in my brain, or even just now as I was saying that, I thought I saw, like, oh, is that the ribbon? But it's not, it's just a discolored mark on a tree. So again, I got to venture out across, this part is particularly stream-filled, a lot of water, and the sun's going down too. <laughs> you know, it's like as uh, as you master a game and they start throwing more and more stuff at you, that's what's going on here. It's like this terrain is the worst yet. I don't see the next ribbon. It's getting dark. And this has only been 20 minutes that I've been following these ribbons. Just a tiny little thing. But it's just so remarkable how much this all feels like the sense of accomplishment and the sense of learning a new skill or using skills that I have and just the gradual escalation of like, okay, you did that, now do that combined with this, now add this. And it's like, man, this feels so good. And I guess that's kind of what I want to get to is just, I don't know how you can incorporate this in your own life. I don't know what other ways I can incorporate this in my life. The, the thing that is making you excited about video games 
If you hit a point where you just gotta bail out because it's not working anymore, the video games are making your life worse instead of better, it's just so neat that you can find that feeling while you're out in the world and then it's win-win. You're getting your weird little achievement addiction fed of like, yeah, I did a thing, I accomplished a thing. Plus you're out in the world and you're doing some physical shit and, and there's just that, you know, the psychological, you know, green bath or whatever they call it. Wilderness bath, just being in, in nature just makes you feel better. But I bet, like, uh, I don't think there's any like rock walls in this town. But I bet it's similar. I bet like climbing those like rock wall places, it's probably like, yeah, I did it. Like you feel cool accomplishment. I don't know if I'd want to do that out in nature <laughs> without equipment and safety. It's like, hey, yeah, I was climbing a sheer rock face and I fell down and smashed my head open. It was great. So there we go. That's my rambling talk about uh, video games, the natural world. You know, I mean, I guess we're just wired for achievement, wired for wanting to feel like we're accomplishing stuff. And that's obviously a huge part of what makes video games compelling. And uh, yeah, it's just the, the nature of the modern world. I mean, I'm sure people just felt this all the time back in the day of like, well, I got to go out and chop a bunch of logs down, chop a bunch of trees, make some firewood, you know? I got to walk to the next town to sell my wares. I got to just do stuff or I'll die. Where we're just not in that world now. <laughs> now it's like, yeah, well, I don't have to do anything. Really, I can just laze around and just eat Cheetos and play video games and, uh, you know, it'll be fine. <laughs> so you find these artificial ways to uh, feel accomplishment. But the natural kind of world ways are out there. You kind of got to, again, you got to search for them. It's not just built into our day-to-day -day life anymore. But yeah, I guess I was kind of vaguely aware of this. It's like, I guess, uh, you know, I like walking through the woods and stuff. But I couldn't believe how much, just this, adding this little game element to it of following one ribbon to the next ribbon. So weirdly exciting and I can't believe how much it feels like how I feel when I am progressing through a video game. Alright, I gotta get out of here. It's getting quite dark now. Luckily, cell phones all have fucking flashlights on them nowadays. If worse comes to worse, I can do that, but there's no way I'll be able to see the ribbons at night. That would just be a disaster of just walking through the dark at random until I eventually stumble out of here. <laughs> Let's try not to have that happen. Oh, here's a little update. <laughs> so, I learned a little more about this ribbon system and was instantly upgraded to uh, expert mode. Turns out that orange ribbon was not a coincidence. The orange ribbon clearly means, now I know, that was the last ribbon. For whatever reason, I don't understand why, but they charted their way nine-tenths of the way through these woods and then just decided to stop? I feel like I want to go get some fucking pink ribbons and continue this myself. Like, why? Why would you stop? But I'm like, well, I came this far. And like I said, I uh, think I could see a clearing in the distance. You know, just when you look through the trees, it's just like, it seems like it gets thinner. You can see more sky in this one direction. I gotta almost be there. Because I know somewhere over here is that development I was talking about, and then behind it is a gas station and civilization. So I just started tromping, tromping through the woods completely just like, and again, I think this is a reason why I get so lost. 
It's because you just can't walk in a straight line. This shit is like fucking bizarre. And just having to pull myself over fallen trees and doing all this stuff that my body is not nearly limber enough for. So I'm just like, man, I hope I don't fuck this up. <laughs> but, but I gotta almost be there. And then just now, again, the fact that it's getting darker really helps because I was peering through the trees and I could see a little red light go by. And it's like, oh, that's clearly, it's way in the distance and I just somehow managed to look just perfectly through these trees to see it. But that's, those are taillights. That's someone who must live in that development and is leaving, is driving away. So it's like, awesome. Over there, that direction, I saw lights. I saw lights of a car. That's only a few minutes away and that's clearly the way out. I made it, I did it. But like, how much more perfect in like a video game sense could that be? This thing like perfectly escalated of like, okay, go from ribbon to ribbon to ribbon. Oh, now the ribbons are a little further apart. You got to venture out a little on your own before you get to the next ribbon. Now, logic puzzle, different colored ribbon. What could that possibly mean? And then you learn, uh oh, that means I'm on my own. <laughs> Take all the skills you have learned. And now you must progress with no help. And all of this is just real easy and stupid shit, but it feels exciting. It feels cool. All right, that's the update, though. <laughs> Unless, imagine if, imagine if somehow, even though I could see the little lights through the trees, like I'm right there. Imagine if somehow I'm never heard from again. And then it's not till like the spring thaw that someone finds my corpse and they find this SD card on my body and then they listen to the last thing I recorded and they're like, you fucking idiot, you fucking moron. You're just tromping through the woods and you died. But I'm uh, quite confident that will not happen. <laughs> Let's end with some music from Fantasy Star 3 because <laughs> I was just reminded recently how cool the music is in that game. That game was not the best Fantasy Star of the original series. Maybe it was the worst, in fact, but uh, really cool music. So let's play that. Bah, 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 bah. Bah, 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 bah.